Welcome everybody into episode 45 of Campfire Conversations. Thanks for tuning in. It is great to be here talking outdoors with you today. And on this episode, we're going to really hit on, well, it's a, it's a gear intensive episode. I'm not going to lie. But if you're into backcountry hunting and making that style of hunting as comfortable as possible, then you, you're not going to want to miss this one because we've got Aaron Hill owner and founder of Kodiak Canvas joining us. They make the uh, most rugged, high-performance canvas tents that you're going to find. Uh, I got to stay in one on an uh, extended archery elk hunt last fall. Fell in love with it for a variety of reasons, which we'll hit on today. Uh, but I've got one now, taking it to New Mexico. And But, you know, let's let Aaron educate us on these things because they are pretty freaking sweet and practical. Uh, so joining us now from, I believe, somewhere in Utah, it's Aaron Hill of Kodiak Canvas. Well, Aaron, welcome to the show. It's nice to meet you. Hey, thank you, Cable. Thank you for having me on the show. Happy to be here. My pleasure. So where are you joining us from? So I am in uh, Layton, Utah. Okay, right on. And is that where you're from originally? Um, yeah, I'm from the Salt Lake area. Uh, grew up here and uh yep and so what what does your background as far as hunting goes um you, you know since uh since i was was small we would go we would go hunting and and when we hunted when we went deer hunting we we were hunting for the meat <laughs> you know right. we had a we had a large family and uh you know, we weren't always that well equipped and, and, uh, but we'd go out my, uh, my uncle and my dad and, um, brothers. And, and so I've been hunting since I was, I was small and, and also been involved in, in just camping, um, you know, with a large, large family, our, mm -hmm. our, uh, summer vacation was a week camping in the Uinta mountains here in Utah. So been, been camping and hunting and outdoors ever since I was a small, small kid. Yeah. I was just telling, uh, JT or, or ad, our ad guy over at uh, Kodiak that I've been, I've started backpacking in my, when I was 21, I'm 41 now. So about 20 years of spending uh, extended amount of time in New Mexico, primarily. Um, and then that evolved to, you know, instead of just fly fishing into grouse hunting, which then led to elk hunting, mule deer. And, uh, you know, I've crossed Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, all off the list. Um, haven't, haven't hunted in Utah yet, but I am, I'm building points there. So for, uh, <laughs> for elk and mule deer, hopefully, you know, while I'm still physically fit, uh, I'll be able to draw a tag. We'll see. Well, the hunting in Utah is terrible. So all, nah. all your <laughs> hunt hunt uh, other states. That's it's really terrible here. No. Yeah, that's what I hear <laughs> from 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 uh, folks that live there. Anyway. Yeah. Uh huh. So well, what? It's uh, kind what of is... funny in, 
Uh, Jared, you can, uh, I know we got JT listening in, but um, he got kind of, I, I don't think his family was really that outdoorsy. And I, I know uh, I've got a brother that was buddies with him and, and we kind of brought him along on a few hunts. I think that kind of uh, at least was some part of it that helped started him and his outdoor adventures. So yeah. Yeah. No, he was telling me he's, you know, he's training, he's hiking three days a week, uh, in the, in the mountains and doing cardio and weight training on the other days as well. So, uh, and he's got an elk and a mule deer tag in the sucky hunting state of Utah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Probably won't get anything, but (laughs) probably not. (laughs) Um, so you grew up camping with a large family. Um, I've been archery elk hunting for, I don't know, 10, 10 years probably now. Um, and last year my buddy and I went to Wyoming and he pulls out this canvas tent that was massive and, you know, plenty of room for two dudes to set up a kitchen and everything else, uh, have a ton of room, no gear outside, which is always nice. And the weather, you know, we were there eight days. The weather was crap probably half the time. And I was thinking when I first ran my fingers over that, that material, I was like, we're going to get soaked. Like, how is this thing going to keep us dry? Uh, but no, it was impenetrable. So talk a little bit before we talk about how these tents are designed. Um, give us a little history on, on Kodiak canvas. Yeah, sure. So I actually worked for a, a large, I, I won't mention the name. I worked for a large outdoor company. Mm-hmm. that that uh you know i don't know it's probably 150 million dollar company and um i was in sales and marketing and and uh i went to work one day and they they told me it would be a good time to leave and and i could pack up my mm-hmm. stuff and leave and leave right then and uh honestly i i i'd probably kind of ruffled some red feathers up at the top brass just trying to I don't know. It wasn't like I did anything embezzled money or anything. It just, yeah. I, I think they just, they wanted to let me go. So I had just decided that I, that I wanted to start a company and I had some contacts with, uh, camping companies and, and, uh, some contacts with the Australian company that was, that was import that was importing canvas tents. And, and I had, uh, you know, grew up camping grew up camping in canvas tents and really kind of saw a gap in the market. There were, you know, the wall tents, the heavy wall tents, and then there was a, a lot of nylon and there really wasn't anything that, that I myself wanted to camp in. And especially when you go hunting, you, you know, it, it usually forces you into late, late season and foul weather in the mountains, you can get, you can get anything. You can get 80 degree temperatures or you can get eight degree temperatures and wind and rain and snow. So, um, it was through those contacts that I, um, had a concept to, to, uh, make some rugged premium high end tents that, that really, weren't available. And, and so that, that's kind of where it was all, all born and, and really, um, connected with a, a really good manufacturer and, and 
hired designers and, and, um, you, you know, we had, we had a quality standard that we wanted to work for. We wanted to be a, we wanted to be a premium, premium tent. So that, that's just, uh, one guy with an idea and, and kind of bootstrapped it and mortgaged the house, cashed in the 401k, borrowed money from the in-laws <laughs> and, uh, it was kind of do or die. And, uh, you, you know, it's been about 18 years since then. And, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I think right from the start, we, we really made something special and, and then a lot of outdoorsmen really appreciate, I think. Yeah. Um, that, that sounds similar. Let's see when Obama got elected the first time I was working at my first, uh, on air. Well, I, I was on air in college. We had a campus station, but like my first paid job in radio and we came back from, we came home to North Texas to see family and stuff. And I got back to go day, and I got there and he was like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. Can't afford to keep you uh, pack up, pack up your stuff. So you mentioned borrowing money from the in-laws. I didn't, I didn't borrow money from the in-laws. I just lived at the in-laws in the first, <laughs> the first probably, I don't know, 20, uh, episodes of the show were recorded through a telephone line on their dining room table in my laptop. So, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny how things change, but yeah, that was 14, 14 years ago or so. Um, yeah. So thanks to the in-laws for putting us up while we were trying to figure out what in the world we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, what do you like to hunt the most? Um, man i i really enjoy the uh elk hunt um and probably probably i I don't know there's lots of reasons for that but um anyone who's heard those elk elk bugle in the night or or seen those animals move around the forest um just something something pretty special about that. And, and I think some of it's the terrain as well, you, you know, it gets you really back in where, where there's not a lot of people. And, and, uh, so that, that's probably my favorite hunt. And then deer would be behind that. So. Mm-hmm. And do you prefer bow or rifle? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> You, you know, I was a bow hunter when I was younger. And, uh, anyway, I, I, uh, there's a lot of things I really enjoy about that bow hunt. I, I think the challenge and, 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 uh, and, and everything, but I think, uh, as I, as I've aged, I've, I've kind of lent, uh, gone more the, the way of the rifle. So, well, we can't all be Fred Bear, you know, bow hunting into our 80s. So, (laughs) right, right. Um, well, so like I told you, I I get to Wyoming, my buddy and I drive out there, and then he pulls out this this tent, and uh, it was it was quite a luxury. You know, I've stayed the the elk hunt the year before, I was in a, a one man nylon tent, no room for anything if the wind's blowing, you know, it's very hard to sleep because everything's slap, you know, flapping around and quite, it is what it is. It's, it was a necessity. You can't pack in a a big canvas tent, but you know, if you, unless you're on horseback, right. I mean, you can't put a 70 pound tent on your back. Um, yeah, still have all your gear and stuff. So that's probably, as far as I can say, see, like 
really the only negative, but the pros far outweigh that one con when it comes to, you know, being comfortable, dry, uh, you haven't been able to set up a kitchen, you know, um, right there in the tent. Um, yeah, it was quite luxurious. And, and the thing that I, like I said earlier, it, it kept us dry. How, how does that fabric, because if you just touch it, you, you don't think that it's hundred percent waterproof, but right. it, it absolutely, you know, nothing penetrated it. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, a, if you have a nylon tent, that, that nylon is, is not waterproof. So they put a, they put a urethane coating on one side of that mm-hmm. and that urethane coating, think of it as a, as a balloon, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a rubberized, but once that urethane starts breaking down, um, then the waterproofing is gone. Or if you were to take a pin and, and poke a pin in it, you're actually perforate that, that urethane membrane, if you will. And then it, there's a hole there unless you patch that hole. Well, the canvas, um, and we use, um, we use we, we kind of have a proprietary we call it hydro shield canvas but it's a, it's it starts with a a really tight weave and I, I won't I could get really technical but I'll I'll say it, it's just a really tight weave and then there's a silicone a dry silicone treatment so this fabric goes through a vat of silicone chemical and then it has rollers that squeegee it off as it comes out and then um, so that that silicone goes down into the fiber of the cotton and is is just it and so it's not a membrane and it's not um it doesn't it doesn't delaminate it doesn't uh deteriorate it's a is a really durable um durable finish and uh what what you get you get two things you get you get you know just amazing waterproofing and you get breathability and so that the polyester tent you're basically sleeping in a plastic bag you, you know and a lot you can feel the mugginess in those um so that's that's one of the comfort features of this this hydro shield canvas that we use is that it, it's breathable and watertight and you'll notice on a on a polyester tent where they stitch the seams they have to tape those seams and sometimes that tape starts delaminating then all your seams are leaking our seams we don't even tape and um so that stitching when the first time the tent gets wet those uh needle marks will kind of swell and and the canvas will tighten up and we we actually call that seasoning the tent and but that first time it gets wet, everything just tightens up, and and uh, yeah, you. I, I mean, if you if you just Google Kodiak canvas tents, you'll you'll see thousands of five star reviews, and and some of our, uh, you, you know, we we love when our customers send stuff in, but we have we have a picture of a tent where they literally their whole camp is in uh, like three inches of water, and. Uh, oh. The guy said, you know, they they were freaking out because they could fill the water underneath the floor and everything, but but uh, they didn't have any any water in it. So so that that's another thing that our tents they don't they don't need a fly. We do have a a cover top if if people want it, but 
it doesn't require a fly so it it's a less parts it goes up easier it's breathable and uh yeah it, the the canvas the the canvas in the old days if you touched it it would like it would start to wick through and you're mm -hmm. probably too young cable but when, when i was a kid you, you know and it was raining it was like don't touch the walls it'll it'll leak you, you know so this oh. Our our canvas doesn't wick and and uh, yeah, it's just amazing stuff. So yeah, I've stayed in a canvas wall tent. The first uh, the first uh, horseback backcountry hunt I ever went on. Uh, but of course, you know one of the luxuries of of your tents is it has the floor. Uh, you don't get that with the you know the traditional wall tent. Um, and I guarantee you that that tent was probably older than uh, well. It was as old as me. <laughs> the outfitter, the outfitter yeah. was eighty-five, and it, it looked oh, like wow. the tent was had been around for a long time. Uh, so yeah. it was nothing fancy. Um, so just just one thing on those wall tents. A lot of those have a uh, either a oil or a wax waterproofing, and and uh, that's different from what we're using on our on our canvas. So. Um, that wax kind of breaks down as well and the oil. Um, but this dry silicone is just a really a superior, you, you know, finish. And it, it's kind of a high, it's kind of a high performance uh, fabric. It's actually a lot more breathable than Gore-Tex. Mm -hmm. And even, even Gore-Tex has kind of a shelf life. And, and so this, this canvas, you, you know, we got tents that have been out there. Uh, you, you know, we've been in business for 18 years, but we got people who have had those original tents and they're still, you know, waterproof as the day they got them, you know. So anyway, you don't have to retreat them like you do a big wall tent where you have to, you, you know, uh -huh. keep putting more wax or more uh, oil on them. Well, like yeah. a lot of things, like uh, I just got a camper for the deer lease and it needs some it needs uh, to be. Uh, sealed again so you know yeah i get liquid sealant and roll it on the top of the thing um so yeah that's a luxury too as far yeah as so these to... these tents you don't have to do that and we have uh we have a lot of customers that'll call in they'll say hey how do i retreat my tent is it leaking no leave it alone <laughs> you know <laughs> you don't need to do anything if I, I mean sometimes you'll get like a bird dropping or a a cat will urinate on the tent and, uh, and that can break down the silicone. And if you do, if you do have that, you just, there's a Kiwi camp dry and you got to get the silicone based and all this is on our website or in your mm -hmm. owner's manual. You just touch it with that, just spot treat it and that'll seal it right up. So uh, one more reason why uh, we don't have any cats around here. <laughs> hunting dogs only right uh yeah yeah so so obviously i was impressed enough to say i gotta have one of these uh for my for my next elk hunt so i'm y'all are sending me the 10 by 14 uh flex bow which is like i said um uh, it's great for two guys to set an elk camp up inside the tent how, how like what number of people is that actually designed for yeah, so you know, a lot of other manufacturers they'll they'll uh, call that an eight eight man tent, you know. Uh -huh. So 
So we, we kind of follow suit if we, if we didn't call it an eight man tent, you know, people would say, well, well, I want the eight man tent and you know, so, I mean, honestly, if you, if you have cots and you have gear, um, two, two, maybe three people is, is all you want. And these, Mm -hmm. a lot of these cots now are pretty giant, uh, cots. So, um, anyway, I, I think, I think that 10 by 14 is a nice two man tent. So this is real, this is real talk. Like, yes, it's a, it's an eight man tent, but like for an elk hunt, two guys, perfect. Like, I don't think you could, you don't need anything else. Get everything in there. Like I said, uh, and so my buddy, uh, that lives in Austin is joining me in New Mexico and that's, uh, we're both pumped. I said, look, I sent him the screenshot. I was like, look what we're going to have. And he was like, Oh my God, that's a, (laughs) that's pretty fancy. Uh, but they're not super expensive though. I mean, they're, they're pretty affordable. Yeah. And you, you know, that was one of the things too. When, when I started the company, you know, my dad used to borrow a tent from his brother when we'd go camping, you know, and, and, uh, you know, money was tight and, and, uh, I've, I've been there too. And, uh, so, I mean, we, we do everything we can to, um, try to make it affordable and, and, uh, you know, try to, I mean, there's kind of a, you know, you want quality, uh, but we're also, we're also conscious about trying to just make value for dollar. And, and really, I don't think there's a better value for dollar in any tent out there on the market. I mean, they, it might cost twice as much as, you know, I guess if you really wanted to, you could get the, you know, $200 nylon tent, but you'd probably end up buying four or five of those, you know, and oh, not yeah. be as comfortable, but mm-hmm. anyway. So yeah, um, when you when you consider these tents, if you take care of them, they'll last. Um, you, you know, they can they can last depending on how many how much how much you're out and about. But you, you know, they can last a lot of people 15, 20 years. So yeah, uh, let's talk about setup because I think that's like, I mean, nobody enjoys setting up a tent, right? That's the one thing. <laughs> like, oh, damn it! Now we got to do this project. Okay, um, but when we set that thing up in Wyoming, it was, I was looking at how big the tent was. I'm like, this is not going to be fun. It was like, we had it up in like, I don't know, less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And that, that's one of the, and, and we, you know, we have a variety of tents. The the tent you're talking about is the, is the Flexbo, the 10 by 14 Flexbo tent. And the, the nice thing about that Flexbo style is, is it goes up and goes up and goes down in a real, in a real hurry. And, uh, the biggest pain really is putting all the stakes in and, uh, you you know, I, I like to use like a a big rubber mallet and that, that makes it kind of easy to just drive those stakes in. And, um, but yeah, that's a really nice design. And I don't know if you recognize the, the storage bag as well. We have a strap and cinch storage bag and how many, how many times have you tried to stuff a 10 in this little teeny bag that uh, is like, a, yeah. you, you know, uh-huh. so this, you roll the 10 up and actually the, the bag kind of folds over it and cinches down on it. So that makes things easy as well. And that, as far as I know, that was an industry first. I I'd never seen anything like that for a tent that was one of our, our unique ideas. So, uh-huh. 
Um, so what what does Flexpo mean? Like, what is what is that technology? What what is the yeah name? yeah? So the the tension rods and you really I just encourage your listeners. I mean, if you if you uh, Google Kodiak Canvas, you'll you'll find the video of this tent going up, or maybe put a link or or something in your in your podcast. But um, anyway. Um, they're they're high tensile spring steel. There's four steel spring rods that go on the four corners, and and so that's that's providing the tension to hold your hold your roof up and hold your tent taut. So so that's kind of the technology behind that. And really, um, you, you know that that technology was around. It's it's been around in. Uh, in Utah, a small, small tent maker kind of pioneered that. And we kind of took that technology and said, okay, let's, let's build on that. And, and, uh, and so that's, that's kind of where that technology comes from. But yeah, the, the flex bow is those, and these are solid, solid steel rods, you, you know, and they're pretty heavy, but the nice thing about that tent and that design, you know, that'll hold up to, you know, 60, 60, 70 mile an hour wind winds and, uh, you'll get some flexing, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna break. Uh Yeah. The wind is, I mean, as far as these canvas tents go, uh, that's, I'd say one of the other serious high points is because you're miserable when you're in a nylon tent and the wind's whipping around. Especially a little one man, it's it's, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, and yeah. but you know, these start at uh, what? Like, what's the, the as far as the price point goes? I just want to give people an idea. I mean, here's a twelve by sixteen cabin, like a massive. Yeah. <laughs> and I did see a guy in the area, the unit we were in. I drove by one of these things. I was like, whoa, you know, like he's set up for you know four dudes there. Maybe you could fit, fit more than that. But so you have these, you have uh 12 by 16 cabin i don't know my i don't know if that's the largest one uh, yeah so we we actually have one that's uh we call our grand cabin that's like uh 23 feet by it's kind of a long narrow it's eight eight feet by 23 feet and that's that's probably our biggest and okay i i don't know um could be like what i guess if you're fitting boy scouts in there shoulder to shoulder you know you yeah. probably fit 12 people in there if you're hunting you know four or five guys are in there but um we do have a, we do have a variety of sizes and styles the the flex bow that you're talking about um comes in an eight and a half by six we call that a two man some people would call that a four man or a three man you, you know that's a real generous I'm Side. looking at the MSRP. I mean, yeah. that's that's three ninety nine. So again, not yeah. uh, not breaking the bank by any means. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's that's one if you could just throw in a canoe or on a four wheeler or uh, you, you know um, a side by side or your Jeep. You know, that's pretty light. Uh, I guess we do have a swag tent, which is a one man tent. If you mm-hmm. want to. I could I could come back to that, but the flex flexbo tents we have uh, um, two, four, six, and eight man. Um, so, and and those prices, yeah, from four 
go from like four to 800 bucks, depending on, yeah. on the features and styles that you want. I mean, I just spent, I guess we did, we went camping, took the kids for like their fall break last year. And I bought a nylon tent that was, I think it was like 400 bucks. And I'm looking at it now, like what a waste of money. Should have just got one of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't know I, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we haven't, we haven't spent a ton of money on advertising. We just, you know, it's pretty common what, what you just explained that, you know, someone will be in a campground and a wind will rip through and there's one tent standing and, mm-hmm. and someone will say, yeah, I went over to him and had to look and see what brand tent he had or, or they go with a buddy or go with a guide um, we've got a lot of guides that are using our tents and, and so people will experience that. And then they, they say they, they got to have one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the two things that I, you know, in 20 years of, of backpacking have learned that are the most important are number one, uh, your feet, like you, if you, you got to have proper boots and try to avoid blisters at all costs because i've been on the other end of that and that can, <laughs> that can ruin a trip very quickly or certainly make it a painful one and then secondly sleep like being comfortable enough to get a good night's sleep if you're going to be grinding for 12 14 hours come back and literally all you do is make dinner and go to bed right because you got to start yeah. again super early before uh sun up the next day so being comfortable getting good night's sleep and and you know, taking care of your feet are, I think, the two most important things to that really are going to set you up for having an opportunity at success uh, on any backcountry hunt. So uh, this made this made my experience in Wyoming uh, very nice, and I'm looking forward to uh, that same experience this year in this fall in New Mexico. Um, so, yeah, I like you just said, this is how people find out about them, a, a guide or a buddy or whatever you start setting it up and then you just fall in love with the thing. Um, and like, and luxury, but at a, a price point that, uh, is pretty, pretty reasonable and, and something that's going to last forever, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, cable, you make a really good point there. Um, you, you know, I shoes, I, I throw food in there too. Food's pretty important, mm-hmm. <laughs> but food, food and shel- food, clothing and shelter. And a lot of times, um, you, you know, you're in a campground and you see, you, you, you know, see people that have a, you, you know, I don't know, $12,000 side by side or maybe 20,000 now. Yeah. And they, and they haven't spent any money on their tent and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if you you invest some money in a tent, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, nowadays you spend fifty bucks on a box of ammo, you know. Yeah, but uh, I, yeah, I've, I've experienced ahead. it all. I've, so you know, I've I've slept in a teepee, I've slept in wall tents, I've slept in one man tents, uh, you know, four man nylon tents. And one time, a buddy and I drew a uh, a hunt in the Texas Hill Country. It was the Hill Country State Natural Area. And we decided to tent camp it. And he brings a big, I think it was probably advertises an eight man tent, nylon tent. It rained the whole time. And luckily I had a, we didn't have cots. I just had a sleeping pad. And sure enough, I guess whatever that polyurethane ceiling was, uh, sealant they put on the 
the tent itself and the tarp. No, by the end of that thing, he was sleeping in a puddle. And <laughs> we had to go find a laundromat in town to dry all of his, uh, you know, sleeping bag and whatever else he had, pillow. Uh, and when we left that tent, well, it was a horrible experience just because we were both miserable. Um, but the tent went straight in the trash at that campground. We didn't even take it home with us. So <laughs> I've had some bad ones, some, uh, yeah. some, some clunkers, but well, and, and, uh, I, I don't know. There's a MasterCard commercial out there that's, you, you know, they're given the price of everything. And then, you, you know, so I, I, I like that, but yeah, a good, a good night's sleep priceless, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. when you're, and and what you say you're you're true when you're when you're out there man you're you're busting your butt and uh i've i've had those nights where i'm tossing and turning because i'm not comfortable and uh so um yeah i i think it's really important to to uh have your shelter and your bedding to really make an investment in that and you know, it's always funny. You hear these people, oh, I, you know, I'm, they, they have a miserable night camping and, and it's, it was bad weather. Well, it was, there's not bad weather. There's, there's just bad gear. You know, right. so, bad, bad weather's a given. <laughs> it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, this wasn't weather related, but the worst night sleep I think I ever had in the backcountry. So I was telling uh, JT, before the interview, like we were talking about our, our back issues and I have a herniated disc. And so the doctor had given me some hydrocodone and I, you know, I took one after hunting all day and tried to sleep. I found out I was allergic to codeine and was just sitting oh, there like, no. a, like a crackhead, just itching all night. Like, I don't think I slept a minute just sitting there itching all night. So, uh, <laughs> that was, a un <laughs> completely unrelated to the weather, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a big fan. Like I said, uh, got to experience it firsthand. What was like, I got to have one of those. So pumped about taking this thing to uh, New Mexico, coming up here uh, very soon and have enjoyed getting to visit with you and, and hopefully, you know, educate some folks, uh, on, on canvas, um, y'all's canvas particularly. Um, and, uh, and, and then the floor, I know we really hit on the floor, but, uh, all these tents have, uh, a floor which is you know obviously a luxury uh, do you recommend putting a tarp underneath them or do you need to yeah so that's a that's a really good question and i'm i'm gonna just touch on that that sewn-in floor so a lot of these wall tents you, you know they don't have a sewn-in floor and the the, the problem with that is is you, you know mice and ants and and spiders and snakes and all kinds of things can just come come in underneath and and the the real thing is when you get you know even a breeze those if you don't have a sewn in floor they can be really pretty drafty so the nice thing about that sewn in floor and the zippers and the the screen mesh that we need you 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 zip that thing up and that'll that'll keep everything nice and tight and clean and and uh, anyway the ground tarp we we do we offer a ground a ground tarp that goes underneath the tent and our tent, our floor is a, is a really heavy vinyl 16 ounce vinyl floor. Um, 
And originally I was thinking, you know, oh, these floors are tough. They don't need a tarp. But when you, when it's time to roll up the tent, um, if you've been, if you've even been in a, if you're even camping in a desert, somehow moisture comes up out of the earth and the, the bottom of your tent has, uh, you, you know, kind of wet and, and mud and leaves and, and I was fine. And I'd sit, as I rolled that tent up, I was wiping and rolling and wiping and, and trying to not roll up all this dirt into my canvas tent. So the biggest advantage of that ground, ground tarp is when it's time to roll it up, it's clean underneath and you just roll it up and then the ground tarp, you can just shake off and, you know, fold up, but you're not rolling, rolling all that garbage up in your, in your tent. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of the ground tarp. That's a pretty affordable accessory. You could even, you know, buy, I guess, a blue tarp or, you know, and just, you want to have it folded. So when the water comes off the edge of your tent, it doesn't, you don't want it to hit the tarp and then, and then collect water in between your tent and the tarp. But mm -hmm. anyway, a, a tarp's a really nice feature. We also have, I'd mentioned a floor liner, um, which is basically a canvas tarp that goes inside the tent. And, um, you know, I, I really, I really like that. That's become one of my favorite features because especially you have cold weather. If you're walking around bare feet on cold vinyl, uh, versus, uh, canvas or just something, more comfortable about the canvas and and you always get some dirt and grit in the tent and you're you know then yeah. that's on vinyl then it's on your feet and then it's um so i don't know if we we sell a floor liner we sell a a tarp um we have some accessories and and you can buy these we bundle them together and give you you know give you a break so if you select one of the bundles on our website you can get you know a tarp a tent a floor liner so those are just some added comforts mm -hmm. that, that make it really nice. And some of these are, you know, they say they're stove ready. Um, I have only, yeah. the only time I've had, we've actually had like a, a stove for, for heat was in a teepee that I stayed in on one hunt. Um, but that wasn't for cooking. So I don't know what, uh, what separates the stove ready ones from the rest of the line. Right. So really that, that Flexbo design, just, just by the design and kind of the sloping walls, it's, it's really not, uh, it's not a good, it's not a good idea to put a stove in that tent. Mm -hmm. and we, we just had a lot of customers that, um, you know, that they want to heat their tent with a wood, wood burning stove. And there, there is something about a wood burning stove. If you've never slept in a tent, just, it's a, it produces a, a dry, uh, warm heat and the crackle of the fire and, and everything. I mean, you can, you can have it out outside 10 degrees and, and, you know, driving snow and inside your tent, it can be, you know, 70, 80 degrees with a, a crackling mm -hmm. warm fire. So, um, it, it, it is a lot of, uh, you know, you got to have the tent, you got to have the stove, you got to have fuel source, you got to have a pile of wood, you know. Um, so it, it does complicate the, the situation. But for those guys who, who really want that comfort, those uh, stove ready tents 
um, it really provides a, if you, if you're going somewhere for a week and, 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 uh, don't mind, you, you know, you have a big truck or a trailer to haul all the gear. It, it really makes a nice, uh, nice environment to have a wood burning stove inside your tent. So we, just, we have, just one more thing to do collecting firewood, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was nice the time that I we it was it was nice when we had it uh but yeah I'm, you know, I'm so tired by the time I get back like collecting firewood and starting a fire I'd say just get a good sleeping bag right well <laughs> but you, it is nice it is nice you you mentioned the word sleeping bag I've got to, I've got to make a plug on this and and I'll uh we have we have a z-top sleeping bag which has got a couple of patents on it um, really one of the biggest innovations in, in sleeping bags in probably the past 50 years, but, um, you have, you have the traditional mummy bag that not a lot of people like to sleep in a mummy bag. Hey, absolutely hate, feel so claustrophobic. <laughs> can't do it. Have one, try to sell it. Nobody wanted it. So it just sits in the closet <laughs> where it's been yeah. for like uh, 10 years or so. There, there you go. And then you have the, you have the rectangular bags, but how do you close the top of them? The draft going down your back and this, the Z top sleeping bag just has a flap and is, is basically a big rectangle bag with a, a flap that goes up over your head and has kind of a neck gator. And man, that, that thing seals in as just a real simple design and it seals in the heat and you can, lay on your side you can sleep with an arm over your head and the arm will be underneath covers mm. and, and so yeah if you do any cold weather camping i i agree with you the the best thing is just to have a good sleeping bag and uh again it, it kind of goes back to that end of the day when i i know when i crawl into my tent and crawl into my bag i know i'm going to be comfortable you know and mm. uh uh, I was a, I was a scout master and, and we made a goal to go, uh, every month we'd go on an overnighter and, you know, we'd do a week long during the summer. But, um, so we, you know, February, January, we're out camping and, and, you know, as a scout master, you're cooking the food, you're helping the kids, you're loading oh, the yeah. gear. And, and I'm, I'm just like exhausted at the end of the night and I'm, I'm trying to sleep and I'm shivering. There's nothing, nothing worse than being cold at night. So, so yeah, I'll, uh, take a look at those, those, uh, Z top sleeping bags by Kodiak canvas have patented a real, real innovation. And, uh, they also have a booster quilt accessory that, uh, yeah, you know, we have a, a zero degree, a 20 degree, and that booster quilt will add another 20 degrees to the bag rating. So, okay. So lots of stuff to check out on the website. Um, super stoked to have a tent of this quality to take on this, uh, New Mexico archery elk hunt. Appreciate your time today and, uh, hope you have a great fall. Hey, really appreciate being able to visit with you. I appreciate all you do and, uh, helping us, helping us get the good word out there and all the, Helping all those guys uh, have have good hunts. So, luck this season. Yes, sir. Thanks again. There he goes, Aaron Hill of Kodiak Canvas. Awesome stuff there. Uh, certainly a little gear intensive, but if you're into backcountry hunting, then that's probably something that uh, really resonates with you. 
That's going to do it for episode 45 of Campfire Conversations. Uh, until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying thanks for tuning in, and y'all have a great week in the outdoors. I stumbled and I made